Hello there and welcome to Delicious Journeys, the podcast. I'm Maria Reed, and this is the show where we'll be talking to various guests working in the food and drinks industry. Are you a founder in the food and drinks industry or do you find the world of food and drink brands fascinating? We'll be delving into how and why building a better brand is so important. On today's show, I'm joined by an incredibly passionate and determined founder. She founded Good Grain Bakery, which prides itself on real artisan, clean label and allergen free bread. Welcome Tara Taylor. Hello, Maria. Hey, Tara, you've got such a good name. It's just like a, if, the, if you were the movie star of uh, the food and drink world, Tara Taylor is definitely a good name. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you as our guest today. Thank you. I can't wait to delve into your story. But before we do, we're going to get into the nitty gritty to warm up those taste buds. We're going to do a quick fire round game of Riddle Me Dish. I'm going to give you clues to a food dish and all you have to do is name that dish. So, <laughs> riddle number one. I'm a little more west than Devon, and you can fill me with sweet or savoury. Cornish pastry? Yeah! <laughs> Cornish pasty! Brilliant. <laughs> uh, riddle number two. My first word is a place in the west coast of America where the sun always shines. My second word you may also hear in the famous phrase rock and beep. There's two words to this. Yep. So the first word is a place in the west coast of America where the sun always shines. My second word you may also hear in the famous phrase rock and... I'll give you a clue. The first place, LA, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a type of sushi, maybe? Rock and roll. It's a California roll. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, riddle number three. My first word you may find growing on a tree, or your phone may even be one. And my second word you may hear in maths class. It's a dessert. And you might not have an Android, but you might have an iPhone. Oh. Apple pie! No, I hate all of that. We need to do it again. Thank you for playing Riddle Me Dish. Right, so Tara, we'll start at the very beginning. What were you doing before you launched Good Grain Bakery and how did you come up with the idea to start your own business? Um, I started Good Grain Bakery because I'm extremely fussy. Um, I have some issues with, uh, for, with my own digestive system. So I wanted to eat um, bread because I love bread. And I just couldn't find anything that was clean label and wheat free at the time. So I decided to solve my own problems and start baking in my home kitchen. Um, And then I became sort of quite obsessed with with the whole um, baking and recipe development. And I had realized that I had a real vision for it. So I just pushed for it and just went for it really. Before I started Good Grain, um, I, used to actually uh, do special occasion uh, hair and makeup um, and I'm also a qualified beauty therapist um, which is uh, quite different to baking (laughs) but so I used to do that and obviously I got the two I I was also with my two girls so I they took up quite a quite a bit of my time when they were growing up. Yeah so so how long were you baking before you actually launched how long were you trying to perfect uh, your products for? Around about uh, 12 to 18 months. 12 to 18. And when you were doing, you were just doing it for yourself at the start, but then did you, how long into it were you like, actually, this is a great idea to actually launch a product? I think probably 
around about sort of four or five months into the recipe development, I um, when I sort of went around to various different shops to try and find the clean label organic gluten-free bread, I just couldn't find anything um, or anything suitable so um, or anything that actually resembled bread. So I decided to, um, I, I saw an opportunity there. Um, so I sort of started connecting with people and realizing that there was actually a demand for such product. So I became really serious about it at that point. Yeah. Well, so, so your bread is and your baked goods are gluten-free, vegan, allergen-free with a clean label. So essentially a clean label is having no artificial ingredients, no nasties and easy to read and recognize ingredients. But to listeners out there who may not know, what does it mean to be an allergen-free bread? So it's free, it, it's free from the 14 allergens. So uh, the common allergens, gluten, wheat, dairy, eggs, um, you know, bit, uh, shellfish, soya all that sort of thing so most gluten-free products at the time when i was developing the recipe and even now the commonly found ingredients are you know um hydroxypropyl methyl cellulose a lot of uh, companies use egg whites or soya protein um and also you know uh we've recently launched developed and launched our new sourdough gluten-free vegan sourdough um, so we're actually not using any xanthan gum in that either. So it's quite exciting. Really, really, really excited about the uh, launch. And it's actually due to go on a cardo this month. So I'm really pleased about that. That is really exciting. And I think there's there's so much more talk about this type of bread as well and what you're offering. And I think it's not only to people who maybe have these allergies or have these intolerances. I think you're appealing to, to a, a lot of bigger audience now, especially in the last couple of years, because more people are talking about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, the, the demand for free from product is forever increasing, um, especially snacks. So we'll um, we'll have to take that into consideration when we're doing our next round of MPD. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what sort of things might you find in bread? Because we've talked about this before. We had a little catch up before this podcast. But what sort of things might you find in bread and baked goods that people might be shocked to know about? Because you've got a clean label, but what other things normally in breads that may occur? With breads, do you mean preform bread? No, no, just your bog standard loaf out there that has probably all the nasties in it. But is there any weird ingredients that people might not know that isn't there? I don't really know what goes what goes in actual bread bread um, because obviously I'm I'm a gluten free baker. I'm not a I don't bake conventional bread, but I think they put things like enzymes and they they don't have to declare on the label and you know all sorts of sort of like um, softeners, crumb softeners to preserve the bread calcium propionate you know so we wouldn't necessarily do that we use fermented sort of rice in our products just to sort of inhibit mold growth um so yeah i mean lots of sort of um enzymes and um sort of uh, preservatives go in to give bread the shelf life in supermarkets and obviously that's not what we do so with the uh, gluten-free products um the difference between um our products and other products is that we actually we actually don't use any of the commonly found ingredients such as eggs that you'll find in uh, most major gluten-free brands. Um, we don't use um, any of the sort of preservatives to inhibit mold, uh, mold and we also don't use any uh, egg whites mm. or um, cellulose. So cellulose, so HPMC, hydroxypropyl methyl cellulose is an ingredient that's commonly used in free-form products to replace the you know, to replace that mouthfeel, the 
because it's such a it does so many different things i mean you can make sort of vegan meringues with it you can replace uh gluten with it so it mimics uh, a lot of what the allergens create in uh, baked goods so we actually don't use any of that we use um just sort of honest ingredients and actually as i was saying before we uh, now have a product a sourdough which is launching into a cardo this month um is actually free from xanthan gum as well so a lot of our products are now going to we're looking to pull the xanthan gum out of our existing tin loaves as well so um so that's actually what i'm doing at the bakery today so we're doing a trial run <laughs> yes oh amazing yeah no i've seen i've seen um on tara's zoom that she is literally in the bakery so just picture that we're talking with a founder of good Grey bakery in the bakery it's amazing <laughs> so you're very open with talking about your health struggles and dietary restrictions and the impact that it's had on your relationship with food has this made mm -hmm. you enjoy food less at times or has it made you more passionate to find new ingredients and products that do agree with you? I mean, obviously you've been passionate enough to create your own bread, but what about other foods? Absolutely. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily have the best relationship with food. Um, and I, I was always the outsider because every time I went somewhere, I sort of always started to eat beforehand. So it just made me look really antisocial. So I think as time went by, I sort of avoided eating out or eating around people, which kind of looks a bit <laughs> weird, but it's just actually, I don't really know how my stomach's gonna handle the food that I'm gonna eat, and I'd rather not embarrass myself or the person that I'm with. Um, so it, I, I, did, I did start off, um, certainly in my 20s, not having the best relationship with food. Um, but as, as time went, as time's gone by, and you know, as I've got a bit older, I, um, I sort of became more passionate about sort of cooking from scratch, uh, making foods that just did not con uh, have any preservatives or additives in it. So for myself and obviously my children, I've always sort of really, really sort of taken the time and the care to cook from scratch for them. You know, even when the girls were little, I never used to sort of like give them jar food or ready-made baby food. I always used to make everything up and freeze it and defrost it. So and I really enjoyed doing it. Um, so as, as, as I got older, I sort of really realised that I missed bread in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone would. <laughs> bread is life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I sort of became passionate about developing my own recipes, um, primarily for myself, but then I decided to do it for other people. Um, you know, I, there was a little girl who was friends with my daughter at school. She was allergic to absolutely everything. She was a celiac. Um, she was dairy intolerant, soya intoler intolerant. She couldn't take, have nuts. And the chef at the school as well had the allergy. So actually, I sort of started speaking to more and more people. And I realized that it's really common. And actually, I am not the only one who react to certain types of food. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I might be okay certain times of the year having certain food and then other times of the year, you know, I break out in a hive, um, or mouth ulcers. So it's, 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 it's sort of a bit touch and go, but as I've gotten older and, you know, I've sort of developed my own personal sort of skills with cooking and baking, I found that I absolutely do love, um, Sort of working in the food industry creating food that makes people feel great you know you are what you eat at the end of the day so just really passionate about that and that really does tie in with what i used to do before baking 
the beauty side of it. So, you know, it all goes hand in hand because you look, you feel good from the inside and you look great from the outside. So it's just all about that sort of feel good, you know, feeling good, just really, really important. And so it's actually sort of like turning something that was what I used to consider in my life quite a, uh, quite a negative thing I've sort of now managed to turn it sort of positive and I'm I'm amazed that you know how people feel so I make people feel so comfortable to the point where they email me <laughs> about those problems that they're having <laughs> sometimes you're like whoa that's too much information <laughs> it's a safe space Tara is a safe space to open up all your problems to but then you fix you're giving them a solution though which is a which is a win-win <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, has has being cautious of eating certain foods for yourself though has that made you more hesitant when introducing new foods to your kids like how do your kids find it are they quite open to all different types of foods or are they having the same kind of reactions as you um no my girls are pretty okay um i mean from a young age i've uh given them sort of various different types of foods so as far as kids go they're actually not that fussy um they 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 eat pretty much everything which i'm quite fortunate about um you know but i fortunately they don't inherit that um that side of the uh the the, the food allergies from me which is great so they're quite lucky um but i i like my, myself and my side of the family meaning like my cousins um and my dad's side of the family we do actually have quite a lot of um similar Type sort of issues um, with our sort of you know gut health and digestive system and all that sort of thing. So, you know, when I when I'm sort of sat around with um, my cousin and sort of explain something to her, it's like she can completely relate to me. So it's definitely something that I think uh, you know environmental factor is one thing, but I think with um, some of it, most of it's down to genetics. I think so. I'm really lucky that my girls are actually. Um, they, they, they don't really have any issues and they're actually not really fussy either which is great that is a perfect mix because because you're a vegetarian are they vegetarian as well and if so what kind of vegetarian and gluten-free meals do you eat at home together they're not vegetarian no because um i think that it's a decision that they have to take um i really am not so i don't i don't really like sort of creating a hype around food and you know it's always sort of considered as a thing to fuel your body to enjoy um i don't put restrictions on to i don't believe in restricting my well you know my two children um i you know they need to sort of grow up and explore and see what's right for them um it's because the way i see it is because i've had to restrict quite a lot uh, for myself i don't want to influence my girls and restrict them um, so I leave it completely up to them to decide, you know, where they want to go with it. But no, they literally, they do eat everything. I'm really lucky. <laughs> so, so we all recently celebrated International Women's Day. What do your kids think about having mum having her own business? Oh, they think it's wonderful. They love it. They love the journey. I mean, my daughters, they can sit there and they literally could sell you a loaf of bread they know the whole pitch they know the whole ins and outs of what I do um and they I'm surprised that they're not fed up of my bread and my girls love bread you put 
food out in front of them and bread out in front of them they will polish off the bread before they eat their food so it's they 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 love it because they get to try so many different types of like breads stuff that i experiment with and it's like they give me such constructive you know feedback um and it's really nice they're almost like my sort of um tasting panel yeah and they'll always <laughs> give honest answers because kids always give completely honest answers most of the time so so there's no being around the bush i'm sure um but i have to ask how did you get your first customer so i um when i became quite obsessed with um creating the perfect recipe i mean it was to the point where i was dreaming about baking so uh, you know i i used to sort of run out and buy or run downstairs to the kitchen and i just had to put the theory into practice and see what the results were i used to go to my local shop um my local organic shop um near where i near where i am and they um i used to buy all my ingredients from there so they used to say oh what are you baking this time what are you working on bring some of it in we really want to see what you're doing so i started taking it there and funnily enough um one of the ladies um because it's a family-owned business so one of the sort of the family that worked there the lady uh she's actually um celiac as well intolerant to eggs so she started you know <laughs> she basically hyped me up about what i was doing and i just felt so great and they were like when you're happy with your product bring it in and we'll sell it so so I started selling it to them um, and then I uh, started uh, selling it to a couple of other local shops in my neighbourhood. Um, I had my home kitchen certified uh, with my local authority and with the Soil Association, which was quite scary because I'd never worked in the food business before. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, yeah, I, I sort of just continued developing the recipes based on customer feedback. and. Um, and yeah eventually i set up my own bakery that's really cool how long was the process to um get certified in your own kitchen was that a long process um it wasn't long as such it you know it was about a two month wait um but i sort of still managed to um because obviously the intent was there and i started keeping the record of what i was doing i, I was able to sort of get going um with the project so it wasn't too bad actually the soil association uh certification took a little bit longer um but that that actually wasn't all that difficult either i was really really proud of what i'd achieved at the time i remember thinking yes this is the beginning i this is it this is me this is my future but now that i'm doing the whole uh, sort of bakery thing um i'm sort of thinking well how can i combine my uh food background and my baking background sort of you know a beauty background rather mm -hmm. how can I combine the food background and the uh, beauty background and how you know how can I combine the two because that for me would be like my ideal ideal scenario eventually um oh. so yeah we will get onto that because I'm excited because we've spoken before this and you've told me about an idea, but I've got a question ready for you with that because I'm, I'm keen to know because we didn't talk too much about it because I wanted to save it for the podcast, but, but we'll get onto that. Um, but I know you're very passionate about gut health, like you just mentioned as well. Do you think 
this lockdown and over the past year of the pandemic has made people more focused on what they're eating and putting into their bodies or do you think people are eating more of the wrong types of foods yeah i think with with sort of like pubs and restaurants closing i think a lot of people are sort of using recipe meal kits and you know take at home cook at home uh, meal kits uh, just to sort of uh, replace that um, dine out experience so they're realizing more and more what they're putting into their body and what goes into their food yeah well no no I, I agree with that because I think with the lockdown as well people are most people are staying inside they're moving around less and then you're noticing more about what you're putting in your body because you're at home you're eating your breakfast lunch pretty much dinner all at home so everyone's more aware of what they're putting in because there's not much else to do except for working at home, trying to do a bit of exercise and eating as well. Um, but I've seen some incredible food photos on your socials promoting your bread. And my favourites have to be what looks like the seeded slice with a spread of vegan peanut butter topped with blueberries and also the charcoal slice with a beetroot dip spread and an avocado on top. They look absolutely delicious and the colours are amazing and I'll definitely be trying that on my next slice. But Tara, what's your personal go-to topping to add to your own bread? You can't beat avocado on toast. I know it's, you know, one's doing it and every, we've all had our fill, but I could, just, I never, just, it's just one thing that I just don't get, I'm not bored of. Mm. I just, I can't get enough of it. It's just straight avocado. Yeah. Avocado smashed, avocado sliced. Oh, this avocados on toast is my thing. It's my fix. It's just like, if I can't think of anything else to have, it's avocados on toast. I also like uh, sauteed mushroom on toast with truffle oil as well. So they are my two favourite. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, my, my mouth just filled with saliva then. I just got... <laughs> Um, so as promised, we are a food and drink podcast, but what's interesting to know, Tara, is what we've just talked about is that you have another passion, which is makeup. And you previously said that growing up, you either wanted to be a makeup artist or a chef. And to me and what you've said, the link between the two professions is making people feel good. So there is definitely a link there. And your passion for makeup is still very present because similar to the organic bread that you've created, you've mentioned to me that down the road, you'd like to create an organic range of makeup products and also introduce a wellness retreat. So could you just tell us a bit more about these exciting ideas? <laughs> I'm getting excited just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, so um, I used to want to sort of like... I, my, I'd love to create a retreat where you can go and have nice, clean, organic food, but also have some really nice, clean sort of treatments using natural products. And, and by natural products, you know, I know there's sort of products out there that are natural, but I mean something a bit more premium, like like your Elemis or your, you know, Clarins or your Clinique and your Estee Lauders, but without the... Um, without all the sort of stuff that goes in there. So it's all like really clean, it's all organic, but it's like premium. It gives you, it makes you feel like you're using the same sort of product and if anything, even better. So I'd love to, I'd love to create my own sort of skincare makeup range, similar to what I've done with the bread and just cut all the stuff out of it. Honestly, there's such a need for that. There's such a need. And I think 
I said this to you as well, if you do this wellness retreat, I'll be your first customer because everyone's going to be running to that after when we get out of lockdown. So I'm excited for you, Tara. Um, but to round off this show, we've got a quick fire Q&A for Agony Auntie Tara, founder of Big Grain Bakery, who'll be answering dilemma questions from people within the startup industry. Uh, question number one, I've been trying to create a food product in my kitchen before I launch it, but I can't seem to get it right. I know my idea is great, but I can't seem to perfect it. How did you keep the motivation to get your product to a standard you were happy with? I think sometimes you can, I mean, it's good to be meticulous about what you're producing, obviously, but I think that if you sort of imagine where you want to be with that product uh, a year or two down the line and just keeping that sort of, that vision there and just sort of, you know, working out what you have to do to reach that goal, ultimately. Um, and just instead of, Taking to um, feedback as a negative criticism, you know, appreciate the feedback that you're getting, whether it's good or bad, and use that to your advantage. I mean, I, the products that I started initially selling is not like the products that I sell now. Perfect. Question number two, what's the difference between having a clean label and being an organic product? Are they the same thing or are they different? So with free from with free from bread, the one of the things that um, stops you from being organic is using the commonly found ingredient HPNC that we spoke about earlier. Um, that um, isn't actually permitted with the Soil Association. Uh, it's not an organic product; it's modified. So, from from our point of view, that was a real unique selling point because we were not using that ingredient finally number three i have a vegan product but i want to make it appeal to everybody not just vegans what's the best way to do this just make sure that you create a product that is um absolutely scrummy and tasting that no one can refuse yep so do you think um like social media or how would you get the message across that is not it's exclusive to everyone uh, with vegan products, um, I would promote it on Instagram. Instagram's really great. Um, you know, you can do stories, reels. You can show maybe a little clip of how you're making your products. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of ways to promote your vegan, your vegan brand and products, you know? Nice, nice. So to wrap up this episode, Tara, what piece of advice would you give to anyone listening out there for 2021? And any advice is welcome. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only having a laugh at you um, my advice would be know from the beginning where you want to be I know it's difficult but I think know from the beginning I mean just be really clear from the beginning where you want to go with your vision and don't let anything or anyone get in the way of it you know, if you're sitting around waiting for people to approve or to give you the go ahead, it's not going to happen. So, and, you know, feedback, whether it's good or bad, take it on the chin, you know, take that as constructive criticism, you know, take it in your stride and just carry on. Just don't let anything or anyone stop you from reaching that goal. Perfect. Lovely. Thank you, Tara. Make sure to follow Tara's exciting journey with Good Grain Bakery and all her future products. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, Tara, what's the best way to do so? Um, through Instagram. Uh, that's usually uh, the best way. Um, I monitor the page myself, so, you know, it's quite easy, quite straightforward. 
um, or through info at goodgrainbakery.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, Tara, for your time today. Lovely to see you again. Thank you, Maria. Well, that concludes this month's episode. Thank you for listening to Delicious Journeys and thank you to Tara Taylor from Good Grain Bakery for joining me today and for sharing her valuable insights on building a better brand. Now, if you missed the webinar on entry, growth and sustainability in food service, we have got you covered and we've uploaded the full webinar on our LinkedIn group, Delicious Journeys, the Food and Drink Network. And another one if you missed with Dan Head and Tracy Croft from Visionary Food Solutions on launching a product into the USA is also available on our LinkedIn group. Feel free to email me at maria at visionarygroupltd.com if you have any questions on today's episode or even just to say hi. Catch you next month and catch yourself succeeding on your delicious journey. Take care. Bye.